episode. Prison cookies. Prison cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Hello, all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's your boy Brandon. Four fifths of your um, of your four peer fifths. mentors. Four fifths, because there's one fourth. <laughs> one fourth of your yeah. peer mentorship. Um, it's Brandon. I'm here with. Um, Hi, Bree's here too. And Johanna. And Amber. And we have two special guests today. Y'all met Vincent on our first ever podcast, but now we have our coordinator, Carlos Lopez. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Cool. Okay, so Carlos, um, why don't you just like, you know, state your name, just student ID, you know, um, bank information, account number. Uh, just tell us about yourself. <laughs> Introduce oh, yourself. Man, I gotta tell, go. us, tell us everything. So my name is John and... <laughs> I was gonna say your name's John. <laughs> <laughs> no. My name's Carlos. Um, I'm from San Antonio. I've lived through all my life. I grew up on the South Side, you know, keeping it real. What high school did you go to? I went to Highlands High School. Yeah, that's one of the high schools we served, so that's pretty cool. Um, I graduated in 2007. And after that, I thought, well, I'll just get a job, right? And just like live my life with work. So I started working at Longhorn Cafe. Oh man, it was, it was good at first, but then I, I just, I hated it. I don't know why. I think something to deal with being a bus boy. And I got promoted to being a, a dishwasher. <laughs> and then I got promoted to being um, a line cook. So I made burgers. And, fries and stuff and uh, it was just overall a stressful experience to be honest though because it's very fast paced mm -hmm. um, and after that I was like okay you know after like I think it was a year and a half I said no this ain't gonna work so I got a job at Target and I, you know same thing like at first it was good and then it was just like eh, I don't know this is boring I want to do this the rest of my life so I said no I'm gonna go to school so then I applied to SAC, um, San Antonio College, and I signed up for a two-day uh, seminar for incoming freshmen, and I got an A in that class, but then I failed every other class. I signed up for five classes. Well, four of them were regular classes, and five was the, the seminar. So that one was knocked out right away. But then I went through my first semester, and I just got horrible grades. I didn't know what I was doing. So uh, at the end of that semester, one of my instructors, uh, his name is Mono, uh, Mono Aguilar, and he told me, he's like, hey man, like, look, this is it. If you, if you can't make it at SAC, you can't make it anywhere. Because look, if you can't make it at UTSA, you could fall back to the community colleges. Or, you know, if you can't make it at, you know, one of the, um, Catholic universities here, you can fall back to the public university, right? But if you can't make it at SAC, there's no fallback. So after that, that kind of like... Woke you up. Yeah. Shook you. It turned on a switch for me, right? So then I, um, I applied to the honors program after a semester of picking up my grades. And back in the good old days, <laughs> they would pay your tuition. So... I was able to keep all my scholarships and uh, 
I didn't really get any scholarship. I'm lying. What I got was a what I got was a Pell grant. Um, so that funded me each semester, um, but the tuition was taken care of by the honors college. So that's how I lived my life, right? And yeah, I went to SAC. I, at first, I wanted to be a firefighter. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> then I wanted to be a police officer, and then I was like, okay, no, boring to me. <laughs> then I wanted to study music, so I studied music for a year. But the thing about music majors is that your degree plan, it's like two to three times more than a regular major. Yeah. So I looked at that and I was like, nope, I don't want to be here forever. So after that, I switched over to English and then I graduated with an AA in English. And then after that, I was like, you know, what do I do now? I, I wanted more. Uh, my mom was good enough to say, okay, well, I'll still support you if you go to school. Thank you, mom. Um, <laughs> um, so then I went to UTSA. UTSA was the only school I applied to, and I didn't really know how to apply to schools. Like, I didn't know, I don't even think I knew of any other school I could apply to. I was just like so new to this still. And that's the thing about being first gen is like, you don't get it until you're in it for a while. Like, even after you finish a couple years, you're still like, oh, what do I do? What's the plan? So luckily, UTSA was like, yep, come on in. So I finished my BA, and I was also in the honors program with my bachelor's. And again, back in the day, they used to help you with uh, tuition. And after that, I, I said, well, like Forrest Gump, you know, I've gone this far. <laughs> Why not just keep going? So then I applied to the master's program. And um, the hardest part about that was getting through the GRE. That's that's horrible. What's GRE stand for? It's the, GRE is the graduate uh, record uh, exam, I think, or something like that. See, I don't even know that. I think it's story. readiness. Something like uh, that. Did you have to go through that? Uh, no. Because <laughs> when I applied, they did not require it. And I think, because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think a lot of institutions are not requiring it anymore. Because in my honest opinion, you know, there's differing opinions, but I don't believe that the GRE is an accurate depiction of a student's ability to succeed. That's just my opinion. You know, everyone has their own. But um, so I did that and applied. I got in and I graduated with my master's in philosophy um in 2019 so wow, wow. that was soon that was well we're soon. looking at i've been looking at your stuff here your your degrees yeah. i can't wait to hang mine too yeah. that's cool it's like a trifecta excuse me yeah one thing you're never ready for is how expensive the frames are really, really? is that something well, that like you, no one if you really want to go through about? the university it's like 150 bucks, 200 bucks. I got those at the Goodwill for $2. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. is it like high school? Like, I know when you graduate high school, they give you like that booklet kind of thing. Does UTSA give you one too? Or uh, or they just, here's an envelope. They mail it to you. They mail it yeah. to you one of the FedEx yeah. envelope things. So when you cross the stage, you don't get... Really? Which, what do they hand you when you cross the stage? They give you like an explanation of the process. Paper. I didn't cross the stage. Oh. 
yeah, if, if you do, because not everybody does it's it. It's not right? a pandemic, um, and you cross the stage. Yeah. But some people also just don't want to, right? Because yeah. you get oh, yeah. it anyways. Yeah, some people don't. Go on a trip instead. But they That's give what a lot you, of people say. They give you a piece of paper, and it just tells you, it, it explains their process. So for me, it was like, oh, well, your degree will be... First it says, congratulations, right? You did such a great job. And then it tells you in, like, so many weeks, you will be mailed your degree. No, well. And what happens on the off chance that it doesn't get to you? Oh, well, then you got to call the registrar, I think. But it, like, explains it all on that paper, I assume? Yeah, I think cool, so. Cool, cool. Yeah. Sometimes they give you freebies, too, like a folder. It's pretty nice. <laughs> you graduated, you get a free folder. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But it was honestly an experience that I, I thought was good. I, I enjoyed crossing the stage. And I did it mostly for my family. Like, I didn't want to be there. I was yeah. like, oh, this is lame. I feel like that's the only here. reason I would do it. Yeah, like, the best part of graduating is, like, looking at your family and then seeing all of them, like, yeah, you did it. Like, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm like, nope, this is, I've been sitting here for too long. So many people. I don't like a lot of people. <laughs> you know. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> I like people, but like large groups in one small setting, no, I don't. You get claustrophobic? Yeah, because when they sit you down, you're like so shoulder to shoulder with people. At graduation? Yeah. Uh, but you get to sit with your friends if they're in the same like major or like uh, uh sometimes if you're lucky Amber's, you're a yeah. few years behind me so can't graduate with amber well i mean i could but i'm not waiting that long <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah so now that we got a little bit um to know about you what is your position here so my position here is i am the senior program coordinator for the ACE Scholars Program. That's the access. You know what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've gone over this. <laughs> You're listening to our podcast. <laughs> but in addition to that, I'm also, uh, I oversee programs here at this center, right? So if there is academic coaching or tutoring or SI that occurs uh, at the downtown campus, it occurs here. So I oversee that. Yeah. Before that, I was with Supplemental Instruction as a coordinator for them, which was fun. It's just the workload is, is the amount of students you oversee with SI is like five times more is here. I was seeing like 25 to, to 30 people. So working with just five is really good. <laughs> I mean, not to downplay y'all at all. I'm just saying managing is just so much better cool so then you've been with utsa for a while so how long well professionally just uh two years and three months but academically i've been here since like 2000 i don't even remember like 15 2016 i think wow so how you said like you've been at utsa for that long did, did you ever come to downtown campus or were you always at Maine? So I was mostly at Maine. I had one, I think I had two, but one that I really remember 
was a Mexican-American studies class that I took here and uh, I loved it. It was, it was a class, but it wasn't really the traditional kind of class. We did things like we made uh, paper mache masks, we made mm -hmm. piñatas, we made uh, poetry, we um, did a lot of like walks outside and talks with our instructor. She was very like, I would say, kind of of that hippie kind of culture where she's like, you know, just put away your phones. Don't even look at books. Just let's just this sit around life. with the trees and talk about identity and stuff like that. So that was my favorite class, honestly, and it happened here. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, other than that, every other class was at Maine. Um, but yeah, I've always appreciated this campus though because it's very, uh, the architecture is really beautiful. And of course it's quieter. Um, and I can always like get lost in the library or just be in a place where I know I'm not gonna be bothered mm -hmm. right, and just study or just read. That's and um, so you've been like, with UTSA for a while as a student, um, what was it like going like from grad school into like the SI position and then like finding out about the ACE position? What was that like? Stressful, right? So out of, when I finished the program, I was still working at San Antonio College as a coordinator or they call it a academic program specialist for their writing center. So in this, that was just part-time, and um, I was applying and applying to different places. I applied to A&M, I applied to Trinity, St. Mary's, uh, UTSA, of course, uh, and no one really got back to me except uh, UTSA. They were like, hey, you know, do you want to try and um, see if you could do this coordinator position? And I think that's that goes back to why I kind of appreciate UTSA is because they gave me a chance. They gave me so many chances, right? And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm really appreciative. And um, yeah, I started that, when was it? In 20, 2020. And then 20, October of 2021, I started here. And then yeah you know it was good um it was a lot of learning new systems learning new process um but also just like just being quiet and looking around and seeing how things work and not assuming that that i knew how things work so instead i just relied on the people i worked with and like and that's true in a lot of things in life when you just you just say like look I don't know anything like the best thing you can tell yourself is I am in a learning position I am here to absorb and learn as much as I can uh, and that way you know you're one you learn from others but also you don't kind of force any previous kind of idea onto a new uh, role that you are trying to adopt. You learn what that idea is within that role. Um, so 
yeah. I'm still learning today too. And I, I rely on, on all y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know um, some things that, the way some things work here still. So I'm still learning. Yeah, I really like your approach on that. Cause like when we went through a very, I feel like it was a harsh transitional period. And I don't know if you guys felt it, but like the transition between you and our previous coordinator, I was not in the best space. I was, I felt, especially me, because how I was like, here the longest and stuff, and I was in the previously in the program. So there was, and even I don't know if this was the best thing she could have told me, but she was like, "We're counting on you to keep the program going," and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then that was, um, she was kind of like our assistant, and she moved on, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So that kind of like stuck in my head a little bit and I was like wow so that transitional period was like really intense for me so you're like you had a very soft approach at it so I was like oh my god like I was so happy that we got you as our program coordinator because it really did (laughs) it really did help us like I feel like it took like a big old weight off of us too because I was and I would always think like did the other mentors go through this? Like I was, I would constantly think that all the time. So I'm glad yeah. you were the good fit for us. Oh man, thank you. I'm, I'm very thankful to be here. But yeah, I think a large part of my job is to make your job easy. Right, that's what I'm here for. And if you could do your job the best that you can, mm-hmm. and if that means me getting rid of obstacles, you're getting rid of things that you're stressed out about to whatever I control then yeah I'm gonna do it I mean because the idea is for the students right Mm -hmm. if y'all are stressed out if y'all are worried about things that transitions to your student Um, so yeah Um, so how did you hear about us I know you worked with like SI and stuff Mm -hmm. how did you hear about the little old ace program (laughs) (laughs) to be honest it was DJ um, during DJ's time uh, transitioning, he approached me and he was like, hey, you know, here's this position that's opening up. Um, consider applying. And also, to be honest, I was scared. I was like, wait a minute, DJ, I don't want to set myself up to fail. Uh, but he was really cool. He said, no, you're not going to fail. Uh, and even to this day, he's so supportive. Uh, we meet weekly. Mm-hmm. And those meetings help me talk through questions that I have about the program, but also things that stress me out about the program. And he's been nothing but supportive and listening and caring uh, to help me transition into this position. So, yeah, I mean, DJ. He told me DJ. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've gone through so many transitions. And I feel like a big part that I was like, oh my God, was getting like the new setup, like our furniture and all that stuff. That was just such a headache. Mm -hmm. And like, we were the ones mainly here. So they'd come to us and we were like, we don't know. (laughs) We need a coordinator so bad. (laughs) We needed someone in charge. Um, But yeah, we're very happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Yay. And Carlos, you know, seeing that you had fresh eyes for the program and, you know, seeing what works, what doesn't work, uh, you know, some opportunities for growth, 
Um, what would you say your vision is for Ace? Oh man, um, I don't know if I'm there yet. Like okay. I'm still like in this learning mode. Mm -hmm. I think once I've been here for a full year, I can make it's those kind of- year, wow. Right, I need to be here for a full academic year, I think. But I mean, I like what we do though. When I explain, when people ask me like, well, what do you do? I enjoy telling them because the way I explain it is like, hey, we're giving scholarships to kids in, you know, in the hood, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, not all of our schools are in what people might consider the hood, but we're giving scholarships to kids in schools that are historically underserved, right? Mm -hmm. That's the academic way to put it, historically underserved. But, you know, let's be real, these kids, they're just like me, like when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up with just my mom and um, not much talk about college was there. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that's not true of every student that we serve, but um, I tell it like we're supporting kids from from high schools that that might not you know might not be as supportive to them. So I like what I do. We're helping kids and getting them into the university. So to answer your question, um, I don't know yet, but ideally, I think we could just support more students. I mean, right now we have our cohorts, right? And, and they're wonderful, but I think if we can increase that number, that'd be good. Um, of course, that's limited by budget, right? We need the money to fund these scholarships. So that's a big obstacle. I think maybe another place where we can grow is having a class for the second years, or at least make the freshman class both semesters, have one for the fall and one for the spring. And that's been on DJ's radar before too. But I think, I just spoke with um, Marlene, was she here? She was here, right? And she was telling me that she was, uh, she was confused because she thought the class was both fall and spring mm -hmm. and she liked it because it gave her a group of friends a group mm -hmm. of like a community mm -hmm. to homies. talk to yeah right so i want to i think that's one place where we can we can change and we can mm -hmm. become better at is, is still keeping that community intact somehow if it's not mm -hmm. through a class mm -hmm. then figure out ways to to help keep that community whole yeah, that's a, a big thing that like previous cohorts have said. I know with like I mean I talk about it all the time. That's how I met my best friend through mm -hmm. the cohort and stuff. So it really and I feel like that's the whole point of the program too is not only like transitioning academically, but like you come into college not knowing anybody for the most part. And like you said, they have some homies. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about being in the honors college and how it helped you with your tuition and like all the resources like you being like active in the SI um, so like what resources like helped you as a student because like I know we serve students with a bunch of resources yeah honestly it's just having a mentor that really helped me especially during my time as a graduate student uh, a, my mentor was a previous instructor here her name was Jill Hernandez she was great man because she would 
tell it like it is, she would say, like, look, you're doing, you're doing things wrong. <laughs> Here's how to do it. But she would also, she wouldn't just stop there. She wouldn't just stop it. You're doing things wrong. She would then say, "Here's how to rethink the situation," and she would give me kind of like some action items that I could do. Um, another person that really helped me, he's still here. His name is Alistair Welchman. I know him. <laughs> yeah. He too was kind of like that tough love, um, but. I think having them kind of just being there to talk to and just be like, not even in a serious sense, but just like checking in and I don't know, talking about common everyday things, just having someone there that you know that you can, you can talk about those stressful academic things with um, if, the, if you want to. And also I look up to these people. These are like PhD um, people in the field that I study so having kind of someone who I can aspire to be that really helped me um, but beyond that it sounds awful but I I was scared to go to tutoring I was, a lot of students are or like yeah. ashamed or embarrassed like I need help so yeah. not me I go every day <laughs> well that's good. that's good you're paying for it it's in your tuition and I think I went to the writing center once, but like I just didn't get a good vibe off of it. I think, mm. and I've seen it too, because I I used to be a writing center tutor, which doesn't make any sense, right? If I used to be a tutor, <laughs> shouldn't I use the resources, right? But in my work with tutoring, you got to be real sensitive and careful, and you're dealing with fragile people that are being vulnerable. They're saying, hey, look, help me. Mm -hmm. I need help. And that's always a vulnerable time. So I think my experience with the writing center just wasn't very, wasn't very good to me. So then I think after that, I was just like turned off and that's what made me scared. I was like, I'm just gonna be, uh, I'm just gonna be made to feel uncomfortable in a vulnerable situation. So all I had was my mentor. So other than that, I just had to figure it out. Yeah. Nice. Um, so we know that you went to university here. Um, although it wasn't too long ago, how do you think it's changed since? It's gotten better. I feel like it has gotten a lot better. Um, there's more engagement from student success programs like SI and tutoring. There's more of a welcoming kind of vibe from them, I feel. Um, there's definitely been more services that I've seen, like, I think it's, um, I don't know the exact name, but there's there's all types of programs, like for f students who are in foster, come from foster care, students who are from, um, like, of course, first-gen students, and then, what else? There's all these different programs that have popped up that are designed to help students. And I think before, all we had was like the Q Lab. And that was it. What's the Q Lab? Oh, so the Q Lab, <laughs> the Q Lab was basically tutoring. It was, it's in the South Commons of the JPL. Hmm. And it was just this open space where you go and 
if you need help with like math, uh, biology, chemistry, you would go and uh, it was kind of like one of those, you ever been to, the, to a restaurant where you have to raise a flag for service? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that. You would oh, like wow. flip, uh, they had like these signs, these red, green, and yellow signs. If you were green, you were good. If you were yellow, you had a question, but if you were red, you needed help. When I went, I was just like immediately red. It's <laughs> like, come be here with me. Um, so that's all we have. But now I think there's all kinds of different services. There's all kinds of counseling services, mentoring services mm-hmm. that have popped up, which I think is exactly what we need. Um, but to be honest, like the whole working from home and the pandemic and remote learning, all of that really just threw a wrench in in people's uh, paths here because they didn't sign up for online classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were kind of like put in this difficult spot where you had to relearn how to be a student from home. Right? So that was rough. But, but it looks like we're getting back to normal. I mean, I hope. Right? Yeah. I feel like we're either getting back to normal or we've just gotten comfortable with yeah. like the whole online school and working from home because I I mean we've been back for a while but I still love taking online classes because it definitely does yeah. like once you get used to it you get comfortable and then you start like your schedule gets comfortable yeah. and I know like a lot of students are non-traditional students so they already have families or they're well off in their life and they have like full-time jobs maybe so I know like working from home was rough for some people but it also was like a blessing to other people so mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Adapted. Like we've adapted. yeah we have to right mm-hmm. yeah me it's dangerous if I work from home I like being oh. here because I get less distracted mm-hmm. yeah I guess coming from that place of yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, speaking of adaptability, um, <laughs> I guess like the biggest question I have for you is, we've already asked Amber this, you know, but what is if if you could use a utensil, um, like one utensil for the rest of your life, which one would it be? What is your favorite utensil? <laughs> this could be anything. I well, I mean. What's a utensil? I mean, that's a real question, you know what I mean? Oh man, we're getting deep. Eating, <laughs> eating utensil? We're talking about ph- philosophy, philosophy right, right here. Philosophy right here, you, were, you have a degree in philosophy. <laughs> oh man. Could uh, be a stick if you like to skewer things. <laughs> could be. A so shovel. Like, is this yeah. like, a, could it be like a superpower? A superpower. Or are you thinking more realistic? I mean, but what is reality, you know? Oh, oh my god. My god. <laughs> Oh, or are we just in a simulation? No, oh, we could, we could get into that. <laughs> if I had a utensil that could do... If I had a utensil that can get rid of self-doubt, mm. I would I would want that. Mm. Wow. Well, it's I powerful. And I'm yeah. just going to say spoon. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to speak. I'm like, that's why you have a degree in philosophy. Because oh t- if you ask me a utensil, I'm just like, uh, fork. <laughs> 
What about a sport? Yeah, a sport. Yeah. A sport. See? Yeah. We're channeling <laughs> Hannah Montana. <laughs> oh, I was watching Hannah Montana last night. You know, oh for those that don't know, Hannah Montana, oh if, you're too young. if you're too young, it's played by the iconic Miley Cyrus. But is there people who don't know who Hannah Montana is? Yes. Because yeah. my mind cannot rot. Like, what? I didn't know that was not her real name. What do you mean? You thought it was two people? It's no, Destiny. No, I thought it was Miley Cyrus. I always thought that was her name. Or Desiree. It's not a name. Destiny Hope was her real name, and then she ch- changed it. I, yeah. I, had, I had her book. Wait, Dang. you say Miley Cyrus? Yes, <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Her name Cyrus. was Destiny? Her real name was Destiny Hope. Wow, okay. And I got her book. It was like the 2008 book fair. <laughs> <laughs> Is Billy Ray Cyrus still her dad? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then she changed it, I think, like, once she started, like, Famous. Getting well, no, I don't even think it happened when she got famous. I think it happened because her nickname was Smiley, mm. and then it just mm. adapted into oh, Miley. Miley. Oh, that's and cute. And then they just kept calling her Miley, and so she was like, I might as well change it. Yeah. And then she got famous. Cool. Wow. Like, boom, Hannah Montana. <laughs> Had to change her life over. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The more you know. Very much so. Um, so we know what you do on a personal, or I mean on personal, on a like um, a more, a more professional uh, type of thing. But what about your personal life? What do you like to do? What is your pastimes? What are your hobbies? Oh man. Um, I'm a big nerd. Um, <laughs> so I like to build computers. Mm. <laughs> you know and. I built, <laughs> I built my first one and that was really fun. And I'm starting to build my second one. Um, but yeah, I like, I like to play games. Um, play a lot of Valheim. Oh yes. And you stream on Twitch. <laughs> I stream on Twitch. Uh, Carl did it. Um, <laughs> like, follow, subscribe. Um, shameless plug. But Not yeah. Sponsored. Uh, yeah. Not sponsored by Twitch. No, 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 not sponsored at all. Man, I don't even know if we can include that. <laughs> but, so I do that, and then... You have a lot of books behind you. I like to read. There, um, there, you have a great collection of books. I've been staring at them the whole time. Oh, thanks. And there's some in here that I'm like, wow. I really like the dictionary. It looks like That's a it's huge, been that looks through like, some decades. Yeah, I got one like that at home. Yeah. Are you, really? Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like he's not. <laughs> well, didn't he used to read like a word out of the dictionary a day or something? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. It's got all the words. You know, it's a Webster. Some some would say the best kind. Yeah. Why is it the best? Because it's not Oxford. I have an Oxford. Is this a debate? Wow. Oh, no. There is a difference between Webster and Oxford. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Different. I just thought every dictionary was the same. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. I learned so much in this short 30-ish minutes. Wow. Yeah. So I like to read a lot. You have a cool motorcycle. Yeah. So I I build motorcycles (laughs) and I have an orange helmet. Um, Yeah. I used to sell them. But I stopped selling them. I just want to stick with the one I have now. Um, so I do that for fun. That's kind of like my biggest passion. 
is cars motorcycles. And like motorcycles and stuff yeah i know you looked at my car that one time <laughs> yeah yeah did you ever get that settled <laughs> you know you know <laughs> my budget doesn't want to get her fixed it hey, settles know, itself after i know how you feel sometimes like i'll drive my car and i'm like it's a good day and then other <laughs> days i'm like come on girl let's get to work <laughs> that's what it is with my truck like it's got weird features like like, I think I was telling you, right? My radio is just stuck on uh, NPR. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what are we listening to today? <laughs> Same station. And the AC doesn't work, but, you know, you can roll down your window mm -hmm. or, you know, wear two jackets. <laughs> today, how was today driving to work? It's, it's a oh, cold it's cold. day. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, it wasn't, really? I, I wore this jacket. Um, yeah, it wasn't too cold. There's been some days where I have to wear two jackets. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, also, there's so many things wrong with that truck. <laughs> uh, I, sh I should dedicate more attention to it, but all my attention goes to my bike. So. So are you like a mechanic? I can. I'm, I mostly work on motorcycles, so but. Like a motorcycle? Yeah. So my favorite question to ask people that build things, what's your favorite tool? Oh you, man! You <laughs> <laughs> my hands. I knew it. Nature's know. wrench. <laughs> Nature's everything. Nature's wrench. <laughs> That's a good way to lose your hands. Right? <laughs> you lose fingers. Someone said it could be nature's saw. Yeah. Oh my god. Nature's or a hammer. hammer. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The Texas hammer. <laughs> I think that's something I heard before is don't use your hand as a hammer. Wow. <laughs> like, just, yeah, go, go, yeah, use your knuckle instead, guys. Uh, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh you get the bone. Put a glove on and then use the hand. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh, I don't know. Axle. I like. I don't know. A screwdriver. Uh, what, Phillips or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Phillips, yeah. Storm nose, yeah. Sponsored again. Yep. Not sponsored by Phillips. <laughs> you know, when you're growing up, what did uh, what did you want to be? What was your like? What did little Carlos want? Yeah. Um, like your dream job. Well, like I was saying earlier, I wanted to be a fireman, so I wanted to study fire science for a little while. Like the Naruto, like fire signs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I didn't have any dreams like that. I wanted to be a Pokemon master. That's <laughs> amazing. I, was yes. I, was a, um, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Aww. I wanted to be a Power Ranger. I love Power Rangers. And then, what else? I went to college. <laughs> and then, yeah. I was a firefighter, police officer. And then I was like, nah, let's just, let's just study English. Um, so I always knew I wanted to help people somehow. And I think I've told y'all before, like in education, no matter what position you have, you're always helping people. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a work study at a front desk for information, you're helping people. But in y'all's role, y'all are mentors, you're are helping people. It's funny, that's the one common denominator out of every position in academics. You're always helping people. Mm -hmm. 
mainly students. To, I guess, um, for our last little hard-hitting question, and this could be both for Carlos and Vincent, um, for anyone who is wanting to or thinking about or considering going into grad school, what would be some tips that y'all would give? Okay, start, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say find the program that fits you and sounds the most interesting. Um, I was debating between two other ones. Um, versus the counseling program I'm doing now and one of them had a, a lot of economics and I was like nah that's a lot of math <laughs> um, and so this program just it stuck out the classwork and stuff that I would be covering material wise was really cool um, so I think that and I, I also always tell people to like really fight against the imposter syndrome when it comes to education um, like everyone starts somewhere and life can throw curveballs at you and it's just kind of how you handle them that, that matters. Um, anyone can, can do it. Um, it's all just about finding what is your bread and butter and, and just going with it. So really fighting against that idea that you don't belong because you do. And if you feel like you don't, then create the space to where you and maybe people that are like you do feel supported. Um, you'll always hear that, I was the first X, Y, and Z person here, and there always has to be a first to be the next. And I always say, don't be afraid to be that first person, um, because you may see other people follow behind you and look to you as an example, so, yeah. What's imposter syndrome? Like, I feel like I have an idea of it, but it's like. Yeah, so imposter syndrome is kind of just like, the feeling that you're doing something as if you, like you don't belong. Like you're here, you're present, you're going to classes, you're doing the work, but you don't really feel like you're a part of the community or you don't feel like you're a part of um, the education system. Like you're just playing a role and when you leave school or when you leave campus, you're like, wow, that's just a whole different person. That's not even me. Um, so it's kind of like, this idea that there's two separate yous mm -hmm. rather than one you that just plays different parts. Because um, we all have different hats that we put on, but imposter syndrome is is a little hard because it's just that doubt. It's mainly from self-doubt that you're like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Or, you know, it's hard, especially for first-gen students that they didn't have someone to look up to mm -hmm. um, or that did it before them. So it's hard to find that role model and then you look at your family and you are the role model for a lot of people. I've had a lot of first-gen friends that inspire their parents to go back to school. Um, and so that could be, you know, something to think about as well. Anything, Carlos? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think you should try to make it about yourself. If not all of it, then make going into graduate school mostly about what makes you happy because at this point you've already been through your bachelor's or maybe an associate's and a bachelor's and you know at this point in the master's program you should know your future self and like what you want to do with your life uh, so make sure that whatever program you're going into is going to make you happy and make your future self happy
So that's what I mean by making it about yourself. Thanks, guys. This was a great little episode, guys. We love having y'all here. Can't wait to have y'all more. Yeah. Um, yeah. We learned a lot more about you. Yeah, very much. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> guys, uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe uh, to our podcast. We can't wait to see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. We out. <laughs> I had to stop it. <laughs>